Welcome back to the Wedding Wisdom Podcast with Doug Winters. I am, as always, your host, Doug Winters. This is episode 77, and I couldn't be more delighted than to bring you my conversation with one of my first and oldest friends in the business. She's one of the top photographers in Manhattan, having six separate Instagram pages that we'll get into at the end. I'll tell you how to reach her. But she's an amazing photographer, and I actually can't believe I waited this long to have her on as a guest. So without further ado, please join me in welcoming my good friend, Sarah Marins. So I enjoyed, by the way, looking at all of the uh, people that you've been capturing. And I love what people are doing in this quarantine and crazy COVID time to try and add value and give back to our industry. Actually, you were ahead of your time way back when, talk about Black Lives Matter. You were Doug Winter's best kept secret, and you were the first to do an all black band. You were ahead of your time. So you two are a legend. I hope somebody will interview you one day. <laughs> okay, but, I'll take um, it. I have to say though, to be involved with this project and to be considered one of your legends is- um, Oh yeah. Are hey, you following Raffinelli? Yeah, yeah, his stuff. I mean, I didn't design anything for uh, the president of the United States, but- uh, Yes, very impressive he was. What people don't know is that you and I are legitimate friends. It, right. I mean, I was at your wedding. Yeah, 25 years ago, something yeah. like that. That's crazy. That's what I'm saying. I, I want people to know that we have real, genuine history. For sure. For sure. I want to know. Let me talk about you for a second. I'll talk about legends. We were both kids playing a very grown-up game. And you were so intense with how you did things. It didn't matter if it was the father or the bride. If someone was in the way of you trying to take a picture of the band, right. you had no hesitation to say, uh, excuse me, I'm trying to get a shot. Right. Uh, Mr. President, would you mind? Well, my father always said, you know, if you want something, just ask, right? It never hurts to ask. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this interview. I was thinking about what we were going to talk mm-hmm. about. And I uh, looked at a lot of other your interviews, which I found very interesting. A lot of people talked about their philosophy. But when you bring up that, I personally was looking to get a shot of the band. Yeah. I mean, when I started my business when I was 23 years old, it was my goal to help everyone in our industry. There was no internet. There was no Pinterest. There was no opportunity to look at images and to share your work. So all I did was help people and vendors. I took pictures. I sent pictures to people to help them sell. And I felt if I helped you and showed pictures of your band that people didn't have an opportunity to see, in the long run, that would come back and would help me because it's all about helping each other. You're right. You should talk a little bit more about that because that was a very generous thing to do. And think about it, really, in retrospect, all these years later, you're the only one that ever did that. Because I always said, wait, why don't I have more pictures of the band? I don't know why anybody else would not have done that other than it's expensive to order pictures to send to people. But I felt that when I was done capturing a party, that's where the work just began, you know, creating a beautiful album and telling a story for a client, taking it further, you know, working with vendors to say, you know, it was amazing working with you last Saturday night. Um, Let's do it again. You know, right down to a caterer or somebody uh, used to do so much food photography for caterers. Um, you know, it was hard to always have tastings. So if I could give people tools and photos of their work in the long run, I mean, it was building a portfolio. Nowadays, obviously, there are so many other platforms and ways to capture your pictures right down to people having their own iPhones. But in 1986, when I started my company, we didn't have 
iPhones when we didn't have all this fancy technology. And so I felt it was my job to help everyone. You remember every year we would have these killer 500-person events at my studio? Christmas parties. Yep. And we would launch a band. Yep. And we would have a theme. And everybody, talk about legends. We would have everybody from Marcy Bloom, Harriet Katz, Herb Rhodes, Arthur Bacall, Sylvia Weinstock certainly came, Ron Van Israel. I wrote down some names, Alan Kurtz. Um, you know, these are all people that when they came to our event, they were looking to hire people. Our parties were fun, but they were marketing parties. Arthur would walk around the room and see which banquet manager he could poach to move into his new venture. It was an evening that was a lot of drinking and dancing and partying because we really were in the party. Yeah, exactly. Party. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Um, and uh, it was just an opportunity to hug and kiss everybody, see them share and say, yes, we're competitors, but we also are in this wonderful industry together and we're here to help each other. I'll tell you something funny about those parties that I remember because I think I did like the first like five of them at least. It's good that you remember them. Oh, so fondly. <laughs> and I'll tell you what I really remember. I remember from Starlight, Valerie. Oh, Valerie Glomanoff. Yeah. I said to her, come sit in with the band. And she did. And she was really good. How cool is that? Right. And people invariably say, wait, why would you have your competitor sit in with your band? I said, because it's a party. Right, well, why not? What, we're going to make believe we're the only two bands? Yeah, in... Hank and Harris would be at those parties, too. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, no, I mean, it was amazing. I think at one of our holiday, Total Entertainment followed in your footsteps. They launched uh, Soul Solution. Yeah, jamming at my parties and people singing together. I mean, I think... Oh, it was great. Amazing. Wall to wall dancing. Amazing. I actually miss those days. I miss those parties. I do, too. And it never occurred to me that it was really the first industry networking event. Uh, networking events. I mean, thank you for saying that, but I think networking is huge. I remember at the time, my partner Elizabeth and I, we wanted to party and share with people. We all work so hard at parties yeah. and we never have a chance to enjoy ourselves. So it was just an opportunity to let our hair down and just to enjoy what all of our clients enjoy all the years, you know? And so I would have like florists and vendors come in for free and they would set it up and show I remember, stuff. Yeah. Everyone that was anyone in the business was there. So it was very flattering and very amazing. Yeah, I was kind of bummed that nobody else had parties like we did, I have to say. But we had, we had the space. We had a loft, and a lot of people didn't have they had offices. They didn't necessarily have the party space. Neither of you were living right. there. It was just like this gorgeous loft, this huge. And we had 8,500 square feet. It was a loft, and we had our production team there. And we had 750 parties a year. We had 15 photographers. I had 26 employees. You know, those were the days in the And 80s. that was when I was, I was doing 110 parties a year. Right. I think what you're pointing out, though, is... is uh, there's a lot of business out there still, but now there's just a lot of people that do what we do. And with yeah. the internet and with online and all the exposure, you know, I think it's much easier to find people. Now it's all social media and it's all online. And it's, it's important that we connect. It's important that we share our talents and that we all come together as a united front. So that's what the networking was about for me. It was about helping people. It's so funny. I'm glad you brought that up because it was very important to me, and I wasn't sure why. It was just... I wasn't sure why either. It I wasn't just, a network party in which everybody hands business cards and just stands there with some mild music in the background. We were, like, blasting. It was just fun. Yeah, but it was also seeing somebody you love and giving them a huge hug. And was, people dancing way, with each other, competitors dancing with each other, you know? Totally. And I miss hugging, I have to say. Hugging is a big part of uh, what we do. Miss it a lot. How many kids do you have? I have two. My stepson's 30, and my gorgeous daughter is now 21 and a senior at Tulane. 
So she's wrapping up. So hopefully all of this beautiful young generation will find jobs and will help save the world. <laughs> well, at least this year she'll maybe have an actual graduation. So. The people who graduated this year, it was virtual. I know. It's crazy. Know. Talk about virtual. I haven't had a Saturday night off in I don't know how long since March. It's like the weirdest thing to have a Saturday night off. I mean, I've been doing a lot of small events. I'm very blessed. I'm still doing our micro mitzvahs. I'm doing mini weddings right now. I just put an article out on social because, you know, love isn't canceled. It's just people are finding new and intimate ways to, to share and to show until our event business is back. I love that saying. It's a big hashtag. Love isn't canceled because even though we can't do 200-person weddings, there's backyards, there's favorite restaurants on the Upper East Side, there's churches and temples that are letting people in for 20 or 10 people or less. You know, the parties have to go on, even if they're smaller now, until the real ones happen, hopefully next year. Although I do, I do have three jobs this weekend. You do? I do. Wow. I do. I am photographing a wedding in upstate New York. It's a couple who I knew many, many years ago who found me again, and they're getting married and just with their kids. We have a mini mitzvah for somebody who is doing a Havdalah service that my photographer, Sheila, is going to shoot. Right. And then we received an inquiry from the athletic club on Park Avenue for a wedding for next May. And they're on hold now, but she still wanted to get married. So we're photographing in Bryant Park this weekend and then going over to her church oh, nice. for a little bit. Okay. So it's happening. They're happening. It's just smaller. And I'm very lucky because deep roots, people uh, do know and love us. We're, we're getting the calls, which is really lucky. I found out through, I think it was Jennifer Zabinski. I mean, there's an example of somebody having a challenge. She is a total destination party planner. And so that's one of the things that got hit right away in March and April and May. All those brides and grooms that had weddings in Italy and all these destination weddings, yep. that was the first to get cut out because there was no travel and people didn't want to come from Europe to here. Well, we didn't want them to come here. Right. But in hindsight. So, yeah, no, so many people's businesses are... It, this has also given me the time to tell people that I always appreciate what they do. Like an event planner, you know what it takes to do photography entire night, which means you could be there 11 o'clock in the morning doing hair and makeup and leave when I leave at 1 o'clock in the morning. I guess that's the secret to success, though, Doug, because when you say we start at 11 and we end at 1, you know, if you don't love what you do in this wedding industry, mm -hmm. I mean, I give my heart and soul to my clients when I'm there, and it's not a job. It's the experience. It's the everything up until the wedding also I try and enjoy with my clients as well. Um, I always tell people that an event or their party is like being on a freight train. You have to hop on and enjoy the ride because before you know it, it's going to be gone. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, but to really, really enjoy everything up to it. So if you're stressed out, if you're trying to figure out what band you want to hire, that's the experience and that's part of the enjoyment. And, you know, the wedding day or the celebration or the bar mitzvah, it goes by very fast. So I always tell my clients when they're stressing out, this is it. This is part of it. So enjoy it right here and now. Enjoy the ride. Yeah, absolutely. That's sort of how I feel. No, you're absolutely right. Someone, I think it was Kate Edmonds said a wedding is like producing a Broadway show and have an opening night without a dress rehearsal. Yep. Oh, I like Which that. Which is really it's what true. it is. 
Right. So that's why having the holiday parties and the events and the networking and doing all the photos for people and putting my name on them and helping people grow their businesses. Yeah. Even though it wasn't part of my team, it's part of the team that's going to make up an event and liking each other and helping each other and working together and collaborating is truly one of the secrets to a successful event. It, it just is. It's everything that happens that's not right in front of you. For example, I learned from working with you so many times, because we do a lot of parties without planners. I'll never let the maitre d' call up a toast without the photographer and videographer being there. Right. If they're on a break, I'll say, wait, 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 hang on one second. I'll, right. I'll run in and go get... Well, that helps knowing and loving each other, for sure. That's why when I book video, I always tell people we're like peanut butter and jelly, because I want somebody that respects the way we work. We look out for each other. We're collaborative. We're not running in front of each other's cameras and all of the above. So um, teamwork is truly key. You know, if we could talk about the technical aspect of photography, do you have your own videography company now? So I've always had a video person. I have three companies, but they have their own company, but they're part of our arena, but obviously they do other work. So let's say they bring in their own videographer. The client can do that, yes. Tell me about that relationship. If you're working with someone new for the first time, do you have to say, all right, I'm using these lights, let's not conflict lighting? Um, hopefully the person will be receptive, and we get there early enough to introduce ourselves. Right. Um, certainly before a horror or a big dance set or something, we're going to talk and I'm going to say, where will you be in the room? Because... At the end of the day, I'm a perfectionist. You know, the devils are in the details. Yeah, you are definitely a perfectionist. So to have to retouch or airbrush a videographer out of my picture and to spend time and energy to make the photo look the best it can look. So it is important to not run in front of each other. It is important to be respectful. We're all there to capture the same thing. And, you know, you want it to be a good experience. So from a technical point of view, I would not necessarily speak to that videographer the day of. Um, hopes it's my own, but if it's not. I mean, the industry is small enough that I typically know most of the video companies. If you were literally speaking to brides directly right now, what questions should brides ask about the combination of video and photography? Because... It just occurred to I, I always thought about the lighting, but it didn't even occur to me what you just said. Well, it's very different now than it was years ago. Video cameras now are very, they use the same camera that we do. All of our cameras are very low light, so we're not obtrusive. I mean, the reason why I brought in my own video, frankly, you know, 30 years ago, was because there were videographers with big wheeling carts wheeling all over the place. Yeah. And there were some photographers that had a different style, and they were more on the shoulder and more portable. So I say that those big wheelie car things, those are the Long Island photographers, and they're sort of the old-fashioned big guys. But, you know, those days are over. So the challenges today are not like that. If somebody was hired their own videographer, and they asked me, is that a problem? I would say absolutely not. You know, I'm a team player, and I work well with people. But... I encourage those people to hire both and to work with us because, and I actually really like that because to have all the services under one roof is really good. It makes for better teamwork. So we offer some montage services, video services, and there's lots of different products that we offer. What's a montage service? Um, at a bar mitzvah, it's something of a child up till they're 13 oh, years. the montage at a bar mitzvah. Yeah, the photo montages. And also if we're doing like an anniversary party for parents, We'll offer something like that for value. I've offered products that I think are really wonderful. For instance, at my wedding, I had a lot of relatives that were no longer alive. I had lost some relatives young. So I made a video piece that I showed on a loop at my wedding, off to the side, so some of the older relatives could enjoy some of the people on the photos from, you know, years ago. 
that's what I do for a living is I'm creating memories that people can look back on. So how could I not at my own wedding share my grandparents, my great grandparents, other old photos? To me, that's what a wedding is all about. It's about reminiscing. It's about capturing new memories and starting a new family, but it's also about merging two families, right? Yeah. Two families and creating new history. And so I'm just very transparent with my clients about all the services we offer. Okay, so I have a question for you. Behind your head is this amazing camera that has to be eight inches, nine inches long? Uh, yeah, I will grab it. I just did a photo shoot. So, Holy so I would say damn. that's probably 10 inches. Yes, so what is that, a Canon? Uh, that's a Canon Mark IV, and it's the greatest camera. I shoot on such high SOs. I barely need tripods any longer. It's really, really... What I like to do on this podcast is break down terms that are standard for you. But if I don't know what it means, I think of myself as like the average client. That is so freaking impressive looking. It's like, what does it do? What? You know, it's so funny. I take it for granted when I'm taking pictures and people are like, wow, that's a sick camera. Yeah. It's like, okay. You know, because I'm just so used to it, right? <laughs> right. Um, but yes. But yes. So that's a long lens, um, obviously. So that's more of a portrait lens. What is that? What does that let you attain? That- I just did some headshots yesterday. So it's for headshots. It's for closer up pictures. It's more of a portrait capture. It's not a wide angle. Just describe that difference between portraiture and wide angle. Long lens has the ability to blow out the background more and to create more of a capture that is the subject with a wide angle lens. Right. It's everything is in focus. It's a wider capture, just as you would think. Um, I have several wide angle lenses. I have a fisheye lens, which is very cool when you look through a keyhole like in a door. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's super wide and it rounds. So I, I have lots of lenses and lots of toys because as a professional, I always tell people, I'm going to be 10 sets of eyes for you at your party. So I'm going to be there in the action. I'm going to be far away. I'm going to be up on a ladder. I'm going to be covering everything. Because when they get their pictures back, they're in the heart of their wedding talking to everyone they love. And I want them to see what everyone else saw and to step back. So I like to give a million different perspectives and point of views. And the variety of lenses will enable me to do that. I was just going to say it's almost counterintuitive from a foreign perspective like me. I mean, Doug, I've been doing this so long that it's sort of, it's innate. It's a foot long. So I would assume that that meant that you could get further away, like at a sporting event. Actually, sporting event lenses are even longer than that. They're even bigger. And there are some lenses that you can actually add onto the lens. That's what sports photographers do. That's they have these huge lenses. Are you sponsored by anybody, or do you favor any um, brands? I favor Canon, but I am not sponsored. I know there are some other photographers that rep and, and um, you know, do more of that. Um, I never went that route, but, you know, I used to connect with all of them, of course, and test and demo and all the new stuff that would come out of all the trade shows. We used to go to Vegas every year and all the photo shows. That's not happening now. Yeah, I mean, talk about a party. We would go to Vegas to... Uh, See all the newest stuff. <laughs> I did all, actually, I worked a lot with Kodak way back when I was their rep. And we would meet in Las Vegas and they would take us out to the best dinners. They'd have 10 different photographers and everybody would meet everybody from LA, from all across the country. But it was really nice back then. It was a nice small world. There's just not a million, there's a billion photographers now. I tell people everyone and their grandmother is a photographer now. 
I mean, I'm always fascinated with photography as an art form. And when you think about music as an art form, it goes back to, you know, the 1500s. And photography, by definition, wasn't even discovered until, like, late 1890s. Or... And beautiful black and white photography. I mean, I think that's one of the things that I just love is when I go into somebody's home and I'm seeing all their old pictures and their family pictures or an album out on the table. That's what I do. Right, I get to give that. I get to give that to people. Do people still make albums? My clients do because I encourage that. I'm a storyteller, and there are many. As I said, there are a billion photographers out there, so there are many photographers who don't have a studio or a staff like we do, and so they're meeting someone at a coffee shop. They're taking pictures at their events, and then they're giving them their images, and they're done. For me, our work just begins right after the party. I want to color correct. I want to process. I want to crop pictures. I want to retouch any shiny foreheads, exit signs. I mean, we're perfectionists. And in telling our story and making a family heirloom, I find I'm giving more value to somebody. I don't want to just shoot and give them their pictures. I would like to take it all the way. And so that's really why I started my business instead of working for other people when I was 23, because the joy for me was working with the customer before, during, and after, not just on the day of the party. You're literally defining what people would now call your aesthetic. Style, style, right, aesthetic, right. I don't know if we talked about this years ago, but I always had tremendous respect for what photographers do. The fact that when I pack up my equipment... Right, you're done. I'm done, period. Doug, what you're saying is what I used to tell people all the time. Once that dress is at the cleaners, once that cake has been eaten, all you have left are your pictures. right. Like I said, when I'm over, I pack up, your work just begins. So you go home, you put it on a hard drive. Like, what's the process? How long does it take? Well, you know, when we're done with the party, we process and we get images of people within a week after their event. And then it's just staying on people to try and get them to keep going. You know, we put them online on a portal. They download their images and they can... Um, part on our little portal site, the ones that they like. Now we're working virtually with people. No, but I forget about now. I mean, thinking about like last year and next year, just leaving out 2020. Right. How much time is spent retouching? It takes hours to retouch pictures. It depends on the work and how extensive it is. We will include flare, reflection, and things like that automatically. But <laughs> I always tell people that I'm the cheapest and least painful facelift in town. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> because we will retouch not just the shine, but obviously under the eyes and wrinkles and the neck and anything like that that happens in life. And we want people to look their very best in their pictures. In their you know, people ask us to thin arms. No, really? I never understand why a bride who may have heavy arms wears a sleeveless dress. I totally agree. And then says, retouch my arms. So, But you know what? You work with people. People envision and see themselves one way. It's our job to capture them and to make them look as beautiful as they can look. So whatever that process is to make them feel good, actually, that's actually my style. When I'm photographing people, I watch them blossom in front of me. It's about how somebody feels in front of the camera, not necessarily capturing the picture. A great photograph is capturing a great moment or a great um, emotion. And so it's all timing and it's all just about being behind the scenes um, and just really that fly on the wall. Yeah, so first we take all the pictures that we shoot, people pick the ones that they like, and then we create an album and we design. And once we're in there, that's when we'll see is there anything you want retouched. It's a process, it's a stage, and then the album takes, you know, three months to design and bind. That's what I'm trying to get to. Yeah. 
So the sooner people jump on it, this is my goal. And what I tell my brides and grooms is it is my intention for you to be having a glass of champagne on your anniversary, one year from your wedding, reliving and enjoying your wedding day all over again. And that's why we do albums, because I want people to have that family heirloom to share. And so if I let somebody just do whatever they want to do, they'd never come back in. So we are cautiously aggressive. Just describe that process. Well, what I do is when I confirm with somebody and I go over all the details, I actually ask them to give me a date on their calendar about a month or two after their wedding to put their album together. Because while I have them and they're captive, right. that's the time for me to start that after process. And so we tell our clients, we're going to keep you moving. We're going to keep you going along. Because at the end of the day, I love my clients, but I don't want to be married to them. Forever. <laughs> yeah. I just want to be their marriage. All right. So you send them every shot you took and they decide which ones they want for the album? Yeah, we'll do a light edit and we send them everything. Yeah, I mean, like if the bride has her eyes closed, you'll just throw that one out. Yeah. So how many images will you send them and how many do you want? Um, I always tell people it's about 100 pictures an hour. You know, um, less is more. Everyone has different styles. Some like photographers will shoot a lot more. I feel that I wait for my shot just because I've been doing this a long time. And I think it's overwhelming to give somebody 30 pictures of one moment. Yeah. I'd rather give them a handful. Andy Marcus used the expression spray and pray. So, just hold the shutter down. That's the new generation. That's the new kids today. You know, anyone can take a great picture if you take 3,000. I've always said to my photographers, I've said, please just take your time. Give me your best work. The most interesting thing he said was that if you do this spray and pray method. Spray and pray. That's hysterical. You have to be the one to sit in front of a computer screen, and you feel like going through 6,000 pictures? Yeah. If you spray and pray, you're not a professional. Yeah, exactly. So at the end of the night, how many? I would say it's about, I would say 800 to 1,200. How many pictures are in the book, the album? Uh, we offer a 50-picture album. Most people will end up with 100 to 200 pictures. We deal with that afterwards and figure out how and what to do with them. My, I have a designer and a person that I work with is my director of sales, Lisa. She's excellent working with people because she'll say, okay, well, which one do you like, this one or this one? You know, I've always had an expression, somebody may not like what you have to say, but they'll respect you a lot more. It's not up to sugarcoating. I think people really respect and want your help. We also don't want to sit with somebody for 30 hours, so we try and work with them in a two to three hours and get them. So will they come into your studio or? All online now. It's all online. We're walking pretty much all online now. So there's no reason for them to come in. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of interesting with this whole pandemic. I mean, a lot of people are getting rid of their studios, but even before the pandemic, not a lot of people would come in. I think email yeah. and uh, platforms online are much easier to sell, and people are busy and they wanted to stay. In the old days, I think what happened was you didn't have that platform. So you went to two studios and picked one. Now I have people that will say, oh, my dad's calling 10 photographers. My mother's calling 10. Oh I'm God. calling 10. I mean, they can literally be shopping 30 different photographers. Yeah. Yeah. And the same with bands. Correct. But you know what? I think there was stiff competition even back then. I think the people that were the best back then, like Best Kept Secret Doug Winters, <laughs> there was just like three or four of you guys. So what would you say is the secret to your success? It's hard to keep a business on top for 30 years. <laughs> it's really hard to do that. What is the secret to my success? Yeah. Well, if you asked me that 20 years ago or 10 years ago or today... They would be three different answers. Today, the secret to my success with coronavirus in the last six or seven months 
is that I have deep roots and I have a wonderful social media presence. I'm still out there and people are enjoying what I do. The secret to our success years ago, I guess, I mean, we had 15 photographers. We were a larger operation. I was more established. So uh, people could come in and actually look at portfolios. And so it was almost like a, um, a photo rep, if you will, like uh, yeah. an agent. Yeah. And uh, and uh, people would come in and be able to select which style photographer they liked. So I think having a studio, having um, a real staff and a team, having um a real professional organization and a backbone. You know, I wasn't the only photographer of anything. I was probably the photographer doing maybe the least of the work. Certainly 20 years ago when I had young children and I had other photographers that were hungry for the work and I wanted to be yeah, home with sure. my baby. So, you know, there's lots of different styles and times of how to capture that success. So I just, as I said, I think that the secret to our success is that I love what I do. That's perfect. That's, secret. That's perfect. My father used to tell me, if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. And I have a 21-year-old daughter, and she's trying to figure it out now. And I said to her, you know what, Em? I said, find something that you love to do, because you're going to do it every day. And you're going to bring that passion to the job, and you're going to make what you do the best for other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People they comment that I have a lot of energy. They see me jumping around all over the place at parties. They see me sharing what I love, and I just, I mean, I love what I do. So I, that emanates, and I think it's contagious. You know what I always say as a total compliment? You almost seem like a, a gymnast at these things, like you'd wear black. I actually was a gymnast. <laughs> oh, no kidding. I believe that. I totally believe that. You have a, you're of the exact body for, of, a, of a gymnast. Huge gymnast, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's all about energy, but I think what you give is what you get in this world, right? So, yes, photojournalism is key, and yes, as a photographer and it's really a wedding, I want to be a fly on the wall, not on my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always used to be upset when I saw other studios or other companies with 10 people photographing a wedding. Like, I'll be at the Pierre, and there was another wedding going on in another room as I was setting up to start my job. And some of the photography companies would have so many people that none of the audience or the guests could even see what was going on. I am very, very aware, and it's all about celebrating with everybody. It's not just what does Sarah need for her shot, and I'm blocking everybody else. So I think, you know, the secret to our success is really being compassionate, not just a talent. It's not just a photo talent. It's being able to really hear, see, and listen to people and project energy and love, and and it's contagious. And so I think that's the secret to our success. What I love on on your Instagram is that you... I love Instagram. We have six accounts. (laughs) <laughs> I do. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I have a lot of divisions, and I had to break it up. So we have yeah, a kids, I noticed it. mitzvahs, mitzvahs, kids, corporate weddings, and I have my personal one that I love. We have our general company one, but there's so many different markets, and we capture life at its best. That's our company tagline: capturing life at its best. And so life has a lot of best, thank God, and a lot of stages. Babies is one of my true love and maternity photography. When, I, when I'm old and gray, I may not be able to hop off a ladder shooting a wedding, but I'll certainly be doing <laughs> babies and, and family portraits. You know, I live vicariously through other families, and it's great. When I do a newborn or baby shoot right now, to be able to see that baby and to enjoy a baby, it's nice. It's nice to be able yeah. to share in the happiness of others. Yeah, I was very, very lucky. My father wanted six daughters. He got two. Um, and, okay. and, uh, I don't know if this is appropriate for the podcast, but my father used to say that a man will always drop his guard or his fly for a woman in business. 
um, and he was extremely pro-women, and he basically said that what the human mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. So my father was a huge mentor for me growing up, and he believed in women, and he believed in women in business. So there was no thought in our house that we couldn't do or achieve anything. It didn't even come across the table for me. Oh, that's great. You're from New Jersey, right? Yes. Where? Um, I grew up in Edison, and my family moved down to Princeton when I was 16. Yeah, thank God for New Jersey. They're doing weddings right now. <laughs> They're allowed to be outside with 50 people. 50 people. That's hilarious. When's the next time anybody's going to need a 10-piece band? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I still have a camera in little old me. It's definitely a challenge right now. I mean, I did a 50-person wedding in New Jersey. They had a DJ, and there was a lot of dancing. And they were not socially distanced. And I had three masks on, and I was extremely uncomfortable. Only 50 people. But Tell me about that. Tell me about that. People were dancing? Yep. In Jersey? Yep. Inside. With indoor. Not masks? Nope. Wow. Well, I mean, come on. Look at the Rose Garden. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's that's the height of insanity. Yeah. I haven't done too many weddings indoor, but that one was partially indoor. And, uh, yeah, I mean, people are doing it. If they feel comfortable with their family and friends, it's a small group. Would you ever think of turning one down if you knew? I, I haven't turned anything down. At one point, the groom looked at me, and I said, you know, nobody is social distancing. And he said, I'm so sorry. I do know of photographers that have said, I'm not going to go into your home because there's 20 people in there. You know, and yeah. the bride actually, one of my competitors was telling me this, the bride actually got really pissed off at them. Really? So people are in their own world and want what they want. I'm going to do what I'm comfortable with. I'm not going to risk my life for somebody else. I can get what I can get and still be far away. I would put three masks on, go in, get what I need to get, and come back out, you know, in the middle of the dance floor. I just wouldn't... Literally three Literally three masks? Yep. yep. I just want to stay healthy. Well, I was talking with someone, and they were saying that they have these pop-up speakeasies in New York. Oh, I mean, I know people that are having 200-person indoor Hasidic weddings in Brooklyn. That's why they're having a mess right now. And they have a guard at the door and a guard down the street, and these Hasis are having blowout parties. Wow. Yeah, but I don't think that's going to continue. So we'll see what happens. Are they the ones that don't believe in vaccinations? Right. He's the homies. Oh, that's a healthy environment. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're talking about that herd immunity. Herd, Im yeah. herd immunity? Oh, great. Yeah, so let... I mean, look, yeah. even if you so got like it, or whatever, the whole point it. is you don't want to get coronavirus because who knows what effects it's going to have on you down the road. That's what they were saying, yeah. It's not a good one. But most people you think are respecting the rules. And if they have a baby shoot, it would just be you and the baby and the parents? Or... Well, I've been doing a lot of baby shoots, actually. And, I, you know, fortunately, I set up a, an area and I could be six feet away from them. So I don't, I'm never on top of somebody. I'm always further away. So I just really have to maintain them. I just can't go in. I can't go in and touch people and fix hair and do all those things that I love to do. Yeah. Like I used to. But, you know, it is what it is right now. Because for us, I mean, we haven't seen each other in probably 15 years. I mean, I can't imagine. Imagine if, if I went to your office that I wouldn't hug you. I mean, it's so weird. Well, we would rub elbows. Yeah. We would rub elbows. Thank you immensely for this opportunity, by the way. This is pretty oh, cool. Oh, this is absolutely my uh, pleasure. I am so honored to be considered one of your legends. Oh, well, thank you. You are. are. You've always been. You've always been. You know, it's funny. You were talking about back then, and, you know, I mean, I was a kid. I was 23 years old. I didn't know what I was doing. I only knew that I loved what I was doing, and I knew that 
through marketing, it was photos that I had the opportunity to help people grow their businesses. You know, a band can't necessarily have somebody come in and hear them at somebody else's wedding. Right. And by the time, Flores didn't have an iPhone, so they needed pictures to help sell what they did last weekend. And I am genuinely a caring, passionate person and an artist. Um, well, I can't wait to see how you edit this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sarah, this has been great seeing you. I can't wait to work together again. Right. Bye, sweetie. I love you, man. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. Bye-bye. Take care. Have you a too. good day. Thank you. That's what talking to an old friend that you haven't talked to in 15 years sounds like. So I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Those Instagram accounts I was telling you about are Sarah Marian's Photography, and it's M-E-R-I-A-N-S. Let's, let me start again. Sarah Marion's Photography, Sarah Marion's Mitzvahs, Sarah Marion's Weddings, Sarah Marion's Kids, Sarah Marion's Corporate, and Sarah Marion's Personal. I think that one's just called Sarah Marion's. So my heartfelt thanks to you, Sarah. We have a bunch of really exciting guests coming up uh, later this week and weeks to come. But the most exciting thing we have is an election on November 3rd, so please vote. Westchester actually starts early voting October 24th, which is in a mere six days. I will not be playing a wedding that Saturday, but I will be voting in Doves Ferry, New York. So if you happen to be around, say hi. I should be one of the first people in line when it opens at noon. And don't forget, if you don't vote, you are not allowed an opinion. Just my thought. I'll see you real soon. Bye-bye now.